How many do I have to kill before I get a name in the paper or some national attention? Dennis Rader. Hey true crimers, welcome to True Crime Brunette where I'll be talking about a true crime case. I'm your host Anai, today I'll be talking about Dennis Rader aka the BTK killer. Dennis Lynn Rader was born on March 9th, 1945 in Pittsburgh, Kansas, but he grew up in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. He was an American serial killer known as BTK, an abbreviation he gave himself for Bind, Torture, Kill. The BTK Strangler or the BTK Killer and he was a killer between the years of 1974 and 1991. His mother was Dorothea May Rader, who was a bookkeeper, and his father, William Alvin Rader, worked for the Kansas Gas and Electricity. He was the oldest of four sons, and his brothers are Paul, Bill, and Jeff Rader. Both parents worked long hours and paid little attention to their children at home. Rader later described feeling ignored by his mother in particular and resented her for it. From a young age, Rader kept sadistic sexual fantasies about torturing, quote, trapped and helpless, unquote, women. So, sadistic sexual fantasies is a condition of experiencing sexual arousal in response to the extreme pain, suffering, or humiliation of others. Several other terms have been used to describe the condition, and the condition may overlap with other conditions that involve inflicting pain. It is distinct from situations in which consenting individuals use mild or simulated pain or humiliation for sexual excitement. He also exhibited zoocytism by torturing, killing, and hanging small animals. Zoocytism is pleasure derived from cruelty to animals. Rader acted out sexual fetishes for voyeurism, autoerotic asphyxiation, and and cross-dressing. He often spied on female neighbors while dressed in women's clothing, including women's underwear that he had stolen and masturbated with ropes or other bindings around his arms and neck. So, sexual fetishes or erotic fetishism is a sexual fixation on a non-living object or non-genital body part. Uh, Voyeurism is the sexual interest in or practice of watching other people. Other people engaged in intimate behavior such as undressing, sexual activity, or other actions usually considered to be of a private nature. Erotic asphyxiation is the intentional restriction of oxygen to the brain for the purpose of sexual arousal. And autoerotic asphyxiation is when the act is done by a person to themselves. Years later, during his quote-unquote cooling off periods between murders, Rader would take pictures of himself wearing women's clothes and a female mask while bound. He later admitted that he was pretending to be the victims as part of a sexual fantasy. However, Rader kept his sexual routine routines 
well hidden and he was wi widely regarded in his community as, quote, normal, polite, and well-mannered, end quote. Rader attended Riverview School. He graduated from Wichita Heights High School. Rader attended Kansas Wesleyan University but received mediocre grades and dropped out after one year. He served in the United States Air Force from 1966 to 1970. He was stationed in Texas, Alabama, Okinawa, South Korea, Greece, and Turkey. While his time, um, while he served time, he would peep at women undressing and burglarize houses to steal women's underwear during this time. Upon discharge, he moved to Park City, a suburb of Wichita, where he worked in the meat department of a Leakers IGA supermarket where his mother was a bookkeeper. So bookkeeping is a recording of financial transactions and is part of the process of accounting and business and other organizations. Raider married Paula Dietz on May 22, 1971. They had two kids, Carrie and Brian. He attended Butler County Community College in El Dorado, earning an associate in electronics in 1973. He then enrolled at Wichita State University and graduated in 1979 with a Bachelor of Science degree majoring in Administration of Justice. Rader initially worked as an assembler for the Coleman Company, an outdoor supply company. He then worked at the Wichita-based office of ADT Security Services from 1974 to 1988, where he installed security alarms as part of his job, in many cases for homeowners concerned about the BTK killings. In the early 1980s, he became a Cub Scout troop leader. During his time in that position, he would teach the Boy Scouts some of the knots he used in his murders. Creepy. Raider was a census field operations supervisor for the Wichita area in 89 before the 1990 federal census. In May of 91, Raider became a dog catcher and compliance officer in Park City. In this position, neighbors recalled him as being sometimes overzealous and extremely strict as well as taking special pleasure in bullying and harassing single women. So, overzealous is excessively eager or enthusiastic. One neighbor complained that Raider killed her dog for no reason. Raider was a member of Christ Lutheran Church in Wichita and had been elected president of the church council. Murders and Letters Like I mentioned before, Raider's killings occurred between 1974 and 1991. Occasionally, he took breaks from killing some such periods were around the time that his children were born and he didn't have enough free time to stalk potential victims. During these periods, he would engage in autoerotic behavior to keep his urges satisfied. On January 15, 1974, four members of the Otero family were murdered in Wichita, Kansas. The victims were Joseph Otero, 38, Julie Otero, 33, Joseph Otero Jr. 9, and Josephine Otero 11. Their bodies were discovered by the families 
three older children, Charlie, Danny, and Carmen, who had been at school during the time of the killings. After his 05 arrest, Raider confessed to killing the Otero family. Raider wrote a letter that had been stashed inside an engineering book in the Wichita Public Library in October 1974, which described in detail the killing of the Otero family in January of that year. Throughout his serial killing career, Raider sent several taunting letters to the police and media, and media in which he graphically described his murders. Between the spring of 74 and winter of 77, Raider killed three more women. Catherine Bright, April 4, 1974, Shirley Vian Ralford, March 17, 1977, and Nancy Fox, December 8, 1977. In 1978, he sent another letter to Wichita-based TV station KAKE, in which he also suggested a number of names for himself, such as the Wichita Strangler, the Wichita Hangman, the Asphyxiator, and the name the public came to know him by, the BTK Killer, signifying his M.O., Bind, Torture, Kill. He demanded media attention in his second letter, and it was finally announced that Wichita did indeed have a serial killer at large. A poem was enclosed titled, Oh Death to Nancy, a parody of the lyrics to the American folk song, Oh Death. In the letter, he claimed to be driven to kill by Factor X, which he characterized as a supernatural element that also motivated Jack the Ripper, the Son of Sam, and the Hillside Strangler murders. He also intended to kill others such as Anna Williams, who in 79, aged 63, escaped death by returning much later than intended. Raider explained during his confession that he became obsessed with Williams and was quote-unquote absolutely livid when she evaded him. He spent hours waiting at her home, but became impatient and left when she didn't return home from visiting friends. Marin Hedge, 53, was found on May 5th, 1985. Raider killed her on April 27th and took her dead body to his church, Christ Lutheran Church, where he was the president of the church council. There, he photographed her body in various bondage positions. Raider had previously stored black plastic sheets and other materials at the church in preparation for the murder and then later dumped the body in a remote ditch. He had called his plan Project Cookie. Fucking weirdo. In 1985, after the murders of three members of the Fager family in Wichita, a letter was received from someone claiming to be the BTK killer in which the author of the letter denied being the perpetrator of the Fager murders. By 2004, the investigation of the BTK killer was considered a cold case. Then Raider initiated a series of 11 communications to the local media. This activity led directly to his arrest in February of 2005. In March 4th, the Wichita Eagle received a letter from someone using the name Bill Thomas Kilman. The author of the letter claimed that he had murdered Vicki Wegler on September 16, 1986, and enclosed photographs of the crime scene and a photocopy of her driver's license 
which had been stolen at the time of the crime. Before this, it had not been definite, definitively established that Wegler was killed by BTK. DNA collected from under Wegler's fingernails provided police with previously unknown evidence. They then began DNA testing hundreds of men in an effort to find the serial killer. Altogether, more than 1,300 DNA samples were taken and later destroyed by court order. In May 2004, television station KAKE in Wichita received a letter with chapter headings for the, um, for the quote, BTK story, uh, fake IDs, and a word puzzle. On June 9th, a package was found taped to a stop sign at the corner of First and Cassis Roads in Wichita. It had graphic descriptions of the Otero murders and and a sketch labeled, The Sexual Thrill is My Bill. Also enclosed was a chapter list for a proposed book titled The BTK Story, which mimicked a story written in 1989 by court TV crime writer David Lore. Chapter 1 was titled, A Serial Killer is Born. In July, a package dropped into the return slot at a public library contained more bizarre material, including the claim that he was responsible for the death of 19-year-old Jake Allen in Argonia, Kansas, earlier that month. This claim was false, and the death was ruled a suicide. After his capture, Raider admitted in his interrogation that he had been planning to kill again and he had set a date October 2004 and was stalking his intended victim. In October 2004, a manila envelope was dropped into a UPS box in Wichita. It had many cards with images of terror and bondage of children posted on them. A poem threatening the life of lead investigator Lieutenant Ken Landwer, and a false autobiography with many details about Raider's life. These details were later released to the public. In December of 2004, Wichita police received another package from the BTK killer. This time, the package was found in Wichita's Murdoch Park. Had the driver's license of Nancy Fox, which was noted as stolen from the crime scene, as well as a doll that was symbolically bound at the hands and feet and had a plastic bag over its head. In January 2005, Raider attempted to leave a cereal box in the bed of a pickup truck at a Home Depot in Wichita, but the box was discarded by the truck's owner. It was later retrieved from the trash after Raider asked what had become of it in a later message. Surveillance tape of the parking lot from that date revealed a distant figure driving a black Jeep Cherokee leaving the box in the pickup. In February 2005, more postcards were sent to KAKE and another serial box left at a rural can't say that word. Location was found to contain another bound doll. In his letters to police, Raider asked if his writings if his writings if put on a floppy disk could be traced or not. The police answered his question in the paper and posted it in the Wichita Eagle saying it would be safe to use the disc. On February 16, 2005, Raider sent a purple 1.44 megabyte Memorex floppy disk to Fox affiliate KSAS 
TV in Wichita. Also enclosed were a letter, a gold-colored necklace with a large medallion, and a photocopy of Rules of Prey, a 1989 novel by John Sanford about a serial killer. Police found metadata embedded in a deleted Microsoft Word document that was unknown to Raider, still stored on the floppy disk. The metadata contained the words Christ Lutheran Church, and the document was marked as last modified by Dennis. An internet search determined that a Dennis Raider was the president of the church council. When investigators drove by Raider's house, a black Jeep Cherokee, the type of vehicle seen in the Home Depot surveillance footage, was parked outside. This was strong circumstantial evidence against Raider, but they needed more direct evidence to detain him. Police obtained a warrant to test a pap smear taken from Raider's daughter at the Kansas State University Medical Clinic. DNA tests showed a familial match between the pap smear and the sample from Wegler's fingernails. This indicated that the killer was closely related to Raider's daughter and combined with the other evidence was enough for police to arrest Raider. On February 25, 2005, he was arrested and formally charged on February 28. As a result of his arrest, Raider's wife filed for divorce the same year and was allowed to forego the legal 60-day waiting period. As Kansas did not have capital punishment at the time of Raider's murders, he was sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences. He is currently serving this time in the El Dorado Correctional facility and is not eligible for release before February 26, 2180. He is held in solitary confinement 23 hours a day, only being released one hour a day for yard exercise and is allowed three showers a week. Through good behavior, he has been allowed a few privileges such as access to TV, radio, and magazines. He's currently 76 years of age. Now for the modus operandi or mode of operation. This one's a long one. So, Raider usually targeted women, though he did not kill or attempt to kill men and children on a few occasions. He would wander through Wichita until he found a potential victim and enter their homes through home invasions. The kills were highly premeditated as he would stalk them beforehand to know when they would come home and who lived with them, bring various items with him to use for the kill and the break-in, like duct tape, rope, and a screwdriver, which he would put in a briefcase or a bowling bag, cut off the phone lines to prevent the victims from calling for help, etc. He did not, he did not however, make a habit for bringing a hit kit until after his first few murders initially using objects from the house. He also wore what he referred to as hit clothes to the murders and later disposed of them. Raider would use a .22 caliber cold woodsman handgun with which he shot Kevin Bright by incident, a .357 magnum and a knife to threaten the victims and, and gain control of them. On two occasions, he also masturbated on the victims' bodies. The victims were typically tied up, sometimes using items from their houses and killed by strangulation, 
either manual or with a ligature or suffocation with a plastic bag. When he strangled the victims, he would do it repeatedly as a form of to torture and become sexually aroused from watching them struggle. In the case of the fifth victim, Catherine Bright, he tried to strangle her but stabbed her with a knife instead when she struggled too much. He also took souvenirs such as underwear from the female victims, driver's license, and personal possessions. He had a habit of nicknaming his home invasion plans in a manner similar to the way military operations are codenamed. The Catherine, Catherine Bright home invasion was called Project Lights Out and Vicky Wegler, Wegler's murder Project Piano because he liked listening to her playing like a fucking creep now for his known victims it's a little long unspecified dates numerous victimless burglaries in january 15 1974 the otero family so it was joseph otero 38 he was the father suffocated with a plastic bag over his head and strangled with a close with a clothesline rope julio otero 33 mother strangled with rope two times. Joseph Otero Jr., nine, son, suffocated with a plastic bag. Josephine Otero, 11, daughter, hung with rope and her body masturbated on. On April 4th, 1974, Catherine Bright and her brother, Catherine Doring Bright, 21, intended to strangle but was stabbed three times in the back and lower abdomen with a knife as she struggled too much. Kevin Bright, 19, incidental shot twice in the head with the point .22 and he survived. March 17, 1977, the Ralford family. Shirley Vianne Ralford, 24, mother, strangled with rope and suffocated with a plastic bag over her head. Bud Ralford, 8, eldest son, forced into, into a bathroom, tied up, and intended to kill. Stephen Ralford, five, attempted to kill, and he was the youngest son. Stephanie Ralford, the daughter, and she was attempted to kill. So, he attempted to kill them. Uh, December 8th, 1977, Nancy Fox, 25, was tied up and strangled repeatedly with a belt, body masturbated on. April 28th, 1979, Anna Williams, 53, intended. Raider gave up as she came home much later than he expected. April 27, 1985, Marin Hedge was manually strangled. September 16, 1986, Vicky Lynn, Vicky Lynn Weg Wegler, 28, was tied up, strangled to the point of fatal injury with a nylon stocking and left for dead. And lastly, January 19th, 1991, Dolores E. Davis, 62, strangled with a pantyhose. Note, Raider also stalked two women in the 1980s and another in the 1990s. He also admitted during interrogation that he had planned to kill again and had even set October 2004 as the date, though he never carried it out. And that concludes today's terrible story about the BTK killer. 
Thank you for listening. If you have any comments on today's story, let me know by DMing me on the podcast Instagram page at True Crime Brunette, as well as any case suggestions. And while you're there, don't forget to follow the page. Join me every Thursday at 2 p.m. for a new episode. Have a great day. Bye.